Welcome to the official podcast for the Society of Urodynamics, Female Pelvic Medicine, and Urogenital Reconstruction. Here you will find podcasts highlighting clinically relevant topics, ongoing SUFU initiatives, SUFU member highlights, and much, much more. Welcome back to the SUFU podcast. Today we are continuing our FPMRS fellowship series and I am here with Dr. Larry Searles who is professor of urology at Oakland University William Beaumont School of Medicine and also the fellowship program director for the FPMRS fellowship. Welcome Dr. Searles. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Me too. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the fellowship? Well, so we're a urology-only fellowship. Uh, we take just urology applicants. We, we don't take GYN applicants. We're a large program. You know, our, our hospital is almost 1,200 beds, and we have about 70 ORs. Wow. So we're high volume. Um, we have six different FPMRS-trained uh, faculty. And what's interesting is all of our faculty trained at different places which is good because we don't agree on everything. And that's really good for a fellow to have people disagree and talk about why. It's just good training. That's fantastic. So do the fellows work with all six of you equally? No, no, they don't. Um, There's a core group of uh, historically four of us. And uh, then one person is primarily a robotic surgeon at a satellite hospital. And in your second year, the fellows rotate with this person and, and does a lot of robot surgery with him. Uh, we, As you know, we've just added uh, Dr. Padmanabhan from Kansas. So she's now our fifth, and she will be integrated into our uh, clinical rotation. So we will have, so yes, so they'll be spending um, time with all five of us. And then the sixth person just robotic in their second year. That's great. And then what other rotations do they take part in during the two years? Yeah. So what's unique? Well, one of the unique things about our our program is several years ago, uh, we started what's called the Women's Urology Center, which is a multidisciplinary um, uh, clinic. And it was originally designed for patients with pelvic pain. And that's because, you know, we feel that nobody takes good care of these patients and a lot of people don't want to take care of them. So we weren't competing with anybody and people were very happy to send us their patients with pain. And what's happened then, this is a multidisciplinary clinic and we have, we have urology, we have gynecology, we have colorectal surgery, uh, we have physical therapy, uh, pain psychology, acupuncture, Reiki. We do some really cool things there. So in our first year, the fellows rotate primarily with the five of us. It would be myself and Ken Peters, Jason Gilleran, and Melissa Fisher. You guys probably don't know Melissa as much. She doesn't come to as many meetings, but Melissa is a, um, a robotic expert who did her fellowship at NYU. She's been with us for about 10 years now. Uh, and uh, Priya, as we mentioned, in the first year, they rotate with those five. And then in the second year is when we start doing our subspecialty rotations. And that those are also in the women's center because we our colorectal surgeons are there, our gynecologists are there, and it's really um, tight because there are patients. So it's kind of a continuity of care. You know, we send our patients to the colorectal surgeon, and they see them at our women's center where our fellows are. So it's a very uh, very nice system. Wow, that's a really unique opportunity for your fellows. That's fantastic. 
do you find that, you know, you've obviously mentioned you have a really good robotic exposure. What, what's the breakdown of, you know, neurogenic bladder patients, vaginal female, uh, prolapse, vaginal surgery, other things like that? Yeah. So because there are so many of us, um, we, we actually do probably 50-50 robots in vaginal surgery. We do a lot of vaginal surgery, which I think is really important. I think there's still a big role for doing vaginal reconstructions and not just prolapse, but you know all the things that we reconstruct from diverticulum to fistula to mesh cases and all those things. One thing that I did not mention as far as rotation also is our Africa rotation. So uh, we can talk about that whenever you'd like to, but that's also something that is done in the second year. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that rotation. Yeah, so um, Ken Peters and I started going to Africa about 15 years ago. And um, what's happened is we've made some very deep friendships. And we have uh, a very good friend who's a gynecologist who has lived in sub-Saharan Africa his entire career. Um, You never hear of this guy because, you know, he's down there and you're not going to know him unless you go down there. And he does, and he's one of the best fistula surgeons in the world that, that you've never heard of. And um, he does four fistula camps a year where he has a urologist, a gynecologist, he's a gynecologist, and a colorectal surgeon. And in his Uganda camp, which is in January, um, our second year fellow gets to go and they serve as the urologist on the team. Uh, we, we have to wait until the second year because the fellow has to have the surgical skills and the confidence to go there and function you know, independently. That's that's tremendous. That's really exciting. Um, what's uh, sorry? What do you have any exposure to male reconstruction in your program? Yeah, you know, um, in the beginning we did not really, and then over the last many years, boy, there's been a lot of demand and interest from our fellow applicants in this. So we have you know listened to their their uh, desires, and our GURS trained person is also our residency director. And he is never going to have a fellowship because the residents would get mad because they <laughs> like this stuff and they don't want to share it with a fellow. So, but he also would like to be involved in the fellowship. And the bottom line is he is now officially in our fellowship. And it just depends on the fellow. If they are interested, they can do as much of that as they want. And if they're not as interested, then they don't have to do as much. Got you. Well, that's great. So what's an average week for your fellow in their first year and second year look like? Yeah, you know, um, I think that we might be a little bit different because from day one, I just don't want my fellows to disappear for a month or two or three or six. Um, I, I like to be with them as much as I can. I always say I'm jealous of your time, meaning that I'd like as much time with me as I can get. Uh, so um, what I've done is I've structured it so that in both the first year and the second year, during every week, you're doing clinical and research. And I did it like that because with, you know, six faculty, you know, let's say that the fellow's in the clinic with me and, uh, you know, Melissa Fisher has a great robotic fistula case. Well, that fellow's going to leave my clinic and go do that case because it's important to do. Uh, if Ken and I are out of town in Africa for two weeks, the fellow on our service can go and work with the other four people around. So I want flexibility clinically for fellows to do the index or really good surgical cases. So then what we do is we intersperse research half days in these weeks based on the schedule. So at no time does the fellow ever really disappear and do research. They're always, they always kind of have their hand in the pot um, doing both clinic and OR both years. 
Well, that's that's nice. I mean, I think that's a nice, something that a lot of people actually enjoy is we go we love operating. So having the opportunity to do it for two years is, is wonderful. Um, so what as far as research, what kind of research are your fellows involved in? Do you have any requirements and what's the support like for research? Yeah, you know, that's kind of a big secret here. I don't think people realize the fantastic infrastructure that we have. Um, so we have nine full time research nurses to run our wow. studies. That's how many studies we have. We have meetings once a month where we sit down and we go over every study. Where are we? Um, where are we with design? Where's the IRB? What are the stats? What are the power? You know, can we do this study? Is it cost effective? Um, then, you know, what are the barriers to recruitment? Why are we not recruiting? How can we change things? And we meet this, we do this every month. And then, you know, it's okay, where's the abstract? Where's the manuscript? Has it been submitted? Um, and it's funny, but the fellows know because, you know, when the fellows leave on Monday mornings, they'll be able to get a text from me. What about that, you know, paper that we're writing? Where are you? You know, the fellows who have left the program, right? So, um, so we're very involved. And what's nice is our research nurses are, are very helpful with writing the IRB and helping arrange stats in those things, because you come in and sometimes you're, you know, like a deer in the headlights, you're not exactly sure how to, to work the things in this really big system. So we have people who, you know, walk us through that daily and they're, they're just great. So it's a real strength of ours. And what I haven't mentioned yet is Mike Chancellor, uh, Mike Chancellor, you know, one of the most famous, uh, urology researchers in the world, he's in our translational lab. So, um, we're just doing great stuff. You know, Mike, as you know, one of the first guys ever to put Botox in a bladder. Uh, Mike invented the stem cells that we're injecting for stress incontinence. Mike and Jenna invented a, a lysosome where they, he could put Botox in. And then when he puts, you know, a suspension of lysosomes in the bladder, the lysosomes adhere to the bladder cells and deliver the Botox. So there's all these really cool things that uh, are going on here. Well, that's tremendous. That's such a great accomplishment for your fellowship and your program. So that's that's great. Um, are there any call requirements for the fellows? Yeah, you know, what's funny. So when I did my fellowship and I walked in, the fellow before me handed me a beeper and he said, I just put it in the drawer. <laughs> so I took the page off and I put it in a drawer and I left it there for a year. So I love the fact that I had no call so much that our program has no call. And we have no plans anytime soon of changing that. That's wonderful. So for people who haven't been to Royal Oaks, Michigan, what's it like to live there? You know, kind of another big secret. What people don't remember is that, you know, this area, southeastern Michigan, for a hundred years, we were the manufacturing center of the world. So, I mean, Ford, GM, Chrysler, all of their spinoffs, batteries, tires, everything is here. So there's been a lot of money in this area. And Beaumont got lucky because about 60 years ago, they built a hospital in the wealthy suburbs. So we are surrounded by very nice um, uh, cities. It's a wonderful place to live. Um, I always describe Royal Oak as Ann Arbor after you're a few years older and you've got a job. Uh, so it's a little bit of an older crowd. It's still a really cool crowd. Um, the schools are outstanding. Uh, so it's, uh, it's really a wonderful place to be. We're about 40 minutes from downtown Detroit, and we're about 40 minutes from Ann Arbor. That's that's great. 
So you've said a lot, a lot of wonderful things about your program. Obviously, you have this very unique women's pain, pelvic pain center. You've got tremendous research opportunity, this Africa rotation. What do you think your biggest strength is? You know, I, I, I think there's two things. First, I really think it's our variety of, of attendings and therefore the differences in approaches that the fellow can see, our clinical volume but also and, and variety. You know, we do a lot of different things. But also the fact that, you know, we're a friendly program. Uh, Ken Peters and I have been doing yoga for a long time. So if you think about like a yogi as your fellowship director, you know, that's what you get when you come to Beaumont. Uh, we are, um, we're just, we just like each other. And um, I, I like the fellows and it's, it's fun because I still get phone calls regularly. The, many of us do. We get phone calls regularly with difficult cases. So we have a very, very nice, you know, friendly collegial atmosphere. That's great. I think that's one of the most wonderful parts of fellowship is becoming closer with your mentors and, and really developing a relationship like no other. So that's great. Um, is there anything that's actively changing, uh, or that you want to change in the near future with the fellowship? No, it's not nothing right now, other than the fact that we just ordered, but that we just, uh, hired Dr. P who we're very, very excited with, uh, we um, have four males and two females in our program. Um, I'm probably at some point going to turn over the directorship, but it could still be, you know, two, three, four years away yet. It won't be five or 10 years, but, and then one of the younger people will step up and take over. Okay. And where have your uh, prior fellows gone for practice? Yeah. So we're a younger uh, program. Uh, even though Ken and I have been doing the Ken Peters and I have been doing this stuff for a long time, Beaumont is very um, conservative, and they would not allow us to have a fellowship until the program was ACGME approved, and that's only been about eight years. So we're about eight fellows into this, and about sixty percent go into academics, about forty percent private practice. We've got a fellow at the University of Michigan, somebody at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, we have a fellow in Minneapolis who runs their fellowship program there. Um, our, our, one of our current fellows is certainly going to be an academician. Um, I tell our fellows when they come in that I, I don't, I would prefer people going to academics, but I don't care if they don't. But my main um, desire would be that they teach. Now you don't, you know, you can go into a LUGPA group, right? A large urology practice group. You could do that and still be involved in residencies and fellowships. Uh, one of my other fellows who is in a group like that is still teaching. You know, it's not a, a university, but they're still teaching. So I think that people who finish our fellowship and the other fellowships are so valuable and so important, and they raise the bar so much for women's, women's health care that I have to think it's a waste that they not teach. Well, that's lovely. So I think it's a really wonderful program. I encourage anyone looking at FPMRS programs to go check it out. And uh, I wish you the best in this very, uh, very scary time right now. Yeah, well, thanks so much. And uh, everybody out there, hope you're all safe and healthy. And hopefully we'll all see each other on the other side of this COVID virus. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Sufu podcast. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter with our handle at SuFuOrg, where we'll provide real-time updates of our next podcast episode launch. 
And be sure to check us out on our website, www.sufuorg.com.